Let's get ready to worship. Welcome to Elevate. Elevate. Whoa, what? Whoa, what? Right. <laughs> Everybody, come over here. If you're still in the forest, drink Kool-Aid. Put it in the garbage. Come over here. Let's all make it to the front. Bring it to the front. Bring it to the front. Who's excited to be in the house of Jesus? Come on, make my ears ring. Who's excited? That's Jesus. Woo! All right, y'all. I'm about to share scripture. Who loves to read the Bible? You love to read the Bible? Yeah. I love reading the Bible. Because I get to learn more about Jesus. Amen. Here it goes, y'all. Romans 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Hear that, from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Who in here is a just person? Everyone, yeah, no? Who has faith? <laughs> so you, you are a just person. If you have faith, you are a just person. Meaning you have justice. You say, God, you have justice, so I have justice. From faith to faith, I will have justice, God, because I have faith. Amen? Awesome. Now let's get ready to worship. Come on. One, two, one, two. Here we go. Guitar. Can you hear me out there? You guys asleep? What's up? You got, hear me out there? All right. Here we go. Much better. This first song is called Light Will Shine. Somebody say, Light Will Shine. And that's talking about the light Jesus has in us, right? And so when we sing this song, I want you guys to think about that light inside your heart. So with all eyes closed right now, all eyes closed all across this place, God, we just hope, God, that you would come and move in power. That, God, as we sing this song, this, God will this song will not get old to us, God, that you will move mightily in Jesus' name. And as everybody said, As we sing of your freedom, we leave the past behind as we look to your kingdom. You bridge a great divide between our hearts and your glory. And our saint is all in the depths of your mercy. And we are, yes, we are.
say what God is to you, who he is to you right now, what he means to you. You are good, you're holy, Lord. You're awesome, God, there's no one like you. Going to your own words. This isn't a library, lift your voice. It's okay to praise God. Come on, this world will get so much louder for things that don't even matter, but we're worshiping the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords, come on, the one true only God who rose from the dead. Can compare your 
Hallelujah, God. God, you're so good, Lord. God, you're standing before your presence, God. It's an awesome thing, Lord. You are an awesome God. You never fail. God, you always do what is your will, God. And God, Lord, I just pray, God, that the youth here, Lord God, will submit to your will, God. And as leaders as well, God, we submit to you, Jesus, that we will not submit, God, to this world, Lord, not even submit to ourselves, Lord God. Submit to you, Lord, and God, that through you, God, your power, your glorious power, God, will work in us and through us, Lord. I pray, God, that these youth, God, would have the boldness, Lord God, that they will have boldness, God, to reach for you, God, to reach after you, Lord God, to run to you, Lord. God, we stand here with open arms, God, why, Lord, to receive your love, Lord God. And God, your love is unfathomable. Sometimes, God, it is amazing, Lord. Pour out your love on us, God. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Fill us up. Give us the love, God, that you want us to have, God. And I pray, God, that tonight, Lord, youth, God, will be transformed, God. Youth, God, will have a new beginning, that they will not turn back, that they will say, I have decided to follow Jesus now. That Jesus is now my savior. Jesus is now my rock. Jesus is now my fortress. Lord, help us, God. Help these youth, God, in times of need, Lord. Help these youth, God, right now, Lord. What they are going through, God, I pray they will know that their, pro their problems, God, are not big. You are bigger, God. You are big, God, and you want to transform, Lord. You want to show them, God, that what they are going through, will soon be delivered, God. God, I pray that you have your way tonight, Lord. Let your love, your love shine, God. In your name we pray, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Woo. Come on. Come on, y'all gotta be hype. Come on, come on. I need energy, I need energy. Make some noise for Elevate, come on. Come on, y'all gotta be loud, come on, come on. Come on, before the cops shut us down, you ready? Come on. Hey. It's a pizza party, yo. Elevate. We'll try one more time, one more time, one time. Elevate. 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 Amen, amen. We're here at Elevate every Friday night, 7 p.m. Who's excited to be here? Amen, amen. I'm excited to be here in the presence of the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you a few things. Our vision here is loving God and loving people. Now, loving God is obeying his commands and serving people. And loving people is helping them in their, their times of need and preaching the gospel. If you believe that, let me hear amen. And then we have a goal. We're going to connect you. 
Oh, strategy. I'm sorry. We have a strategy. We're going to connect you to the cross, and then we're going to mentor you through 101 and 201. Then we're going to send you out to make disciples. Who in here goes to life groups when they go, when, they, when they're on? Amen, amen. All right, so we got the ambassadors. And then we got the, what do we got? What do we got? The resistance. Amen, amen. And then, and then we got a goal of 100,000 disciples with 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. If you believe that, let me hear you make some noise because you're all a part of that vision and goal. Amen, amen. Now let's get really hyped for this. This is a camping trip. August 12th and 13th, we're going to meet here. I think the meeting time has changed to 12. Uh, who here has their permission slips in already and their money paid for? Anybody? Anybody? We got Andrew. Let's make some noise. TJ's got like a half hand over here. It's okay. But you know what the beautiful thing about it is? You got until, when do they have until to turn it in? Ashley, when they got until to turn it in? Is there, is there a due date? Till that day. Till August 12th. But get it before. <laughs> and you can even do it tonight. We can get on the phone with your parents, have Ashley or Carmen or even Steve talk to one of your parents, pay your money. You're going to the camping trip. Hey, man, it's going to be an awesome time. And then we have this, the West Side Back to School Outreach, Saturday, August 6th at 11 a.m. So if you guys want to be a part of that, we're going to go out to the West Side and reach those people for Jesus. We have some of them in the building that are products of that. We got Shamal. Hi. And we got Destiny. Amen, amen. And we got Corey, too. Come on, Corey. Come on. I didn't forget about Corey. If you want to get involved in that, then just uh, hit up one of the leaders. They'll get you plugged into that. And then this is an awesome thing, the Elevate Internship. There's so much to make noise over. If your voices are not lost by the end of this, I don't know what's wrong with you. But this is sharing the gospel, praying for the city, and serving in the church. We got Lawrence going to come up here, wherever Lawrence is here. There we go. He's going to give you a little bit more information. Amen, amen. So for you interns who have already been serving, how have you been liking it? Pretty good? Awesome. So uh, the, the internship is still open. If you guys want to come in, check it out, be a part of it. It's an awesome time of uh, sharing the gospel. We go, we evangelize around the neighborhood or on the streets. Um, we also help serve in the different ministries that are going on. We're going to be at the uh, back to school outreach, definitely. We want to be a part of that. So it's going to be an awesome time. Hit me up, hit Joby up, even Rudy, if you want to, uh, if you want more information or if you want to join. Amen. 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 And there's even, I don't want to spoil it, but there's something at the end of that. So you want to be involved. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to just leave it like that. And then we have the tithes and offerings. So if you'll stand to your feet with me, who knows what a tithe is without looking at the screen? Jojo, I got you last week. Ashley, okay, we got Ashley. 10% of your total income. Amen, amen. 10% of your total income, that's right. And what's the offering? I'm not calling on you, Yuli. You're a leader. No, you're an intern. Let's see. All right, Corey, I'll give it to you, Corey. What's an offering? Anything you give, anything you give after your tithe. Amen, amen. Make some noise for them. They got that. They got that. Oh, that was weak. That was weak. They gave no energy to my people right here. Make some noise for Ashley and Corey who got it right. All right, and here's an example. Who knows what 10% of $3,000 is? Anybody else? Anybody new? Anybody new? Anybody? 
All right, I'm going to call somebody out. Ivan, what is it? 300. If you're wrong, it's sad. Is it, what is it, what is it, what is it, what is it? 300, bang, 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 bang. All right, all right, all right. We're going to pray at this time and pray for the service and pray for the tithes and offerings. So if you bow your head. God, we come in your mighty name and we thank you for this time, Lord. We pray that you would bless the tithes and the offerings, Lord, that you would bless your people, God, that we would be able to go out and be witnesses for you in our daily lives, God. And I pray that whatever is said on this stage, Lord, whatever word is brought forth from you, God, that they would understand and they would really take it into their hearts and reflect upon it, Lord. And it's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, can we get some music, please, DJ? Everybody look at Joby and say, it's okay. Elevate, elevate, elevate. What, 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 what? How's everybody doing today? I am excited about today, man. You know, sometimes the, uh, you know, it rains and we're like, no, I don't want it to rain. No, right? And we start crying about it and we let it change our mood. I rebuke that rain mood in Jesus' name. But it can come back when I get into the bed, right? Come on, somebody, right? Then you can sleep all night, all through the day. Um, but today, man, I'm excited about today because we're on part two of our Heroes of Faith, Blind Faith, right? How many enjoyed last week's sermon, right? Come on, somebody, man. It blessed my life just being able to preach it and just allow God to just speak through me for myself. I don't want you guys to think that, you know, when I preach, oh, this is not for the pastor either. It's just for, you know, just for you guys. It's, it's about you guys. That is never the case, guys. When I'm preaching, man, that service is for me as well. God is speaking to me as well, right? Can I get an amen, right? We all need Jesus in our life, and apart from him, the Bible says we can't do nothing. That is especially for the pastor. Come on, somebody, right? But I'm excited about today, man, just to get a little deeper uh, behind the, uh, the title, Blind Faith, or the, the concept of blind faith. You know, and just to give a recap of last week, we talked about Abraham, we talked about Sarah, and how they operated in a thing called blind faith. We've seen how it was through the word of God in Genesis, and how God met him right where he was at, and he said, go to a place where I will tell you. And in faith, in obedience, right, the response to his faith was obedience, and he went without even knowing where he was going. Talk about blind faith, right? But God then blessed him 
and then did exactly what he said he was going to do all the way down into giving him a son, Isaac, in his old age. He was 100 years old when Isaac was born. Sarah was 90 years old. Talk about some old stuff, right? And like, uh, you, know, parent, you know, we guys got parents in here, right? I still got my parents, thank God, right? But just to think about it, right? You're born, all of a sudden you're like 13, and your dad is like 113, right? Brother can't run. You want to play flag football. This, he's still, you know, he's trying to just crutch it away and stuff, jumps on the wheelchair. He's trying to spin off toward you to go and get an interception. I mean, it gets rough. But God did it, and through that, God blessed many nations through him and gave him many children who would then call upon the Lord and have faith, right? So I'm not talking about just like tangible, physical children, but children on faith, right? How many faith children we have in this room, right? Come on, somebody, right? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And we talked about last week just how that blind faith was. It wasn't the fact of how the atheists use blind faith. And they say, well, you have blind faith. You believe in a God that, you know, doesn't exist. There is no, um, there's no evidence there. You know, you draw off things and you say you're going left because God told you to, but there's no evidence. You have blind faith. You see, and that side of it, based upon how they make blind faith seem, it's pretty ignorant, right? It makes a Christian look like they're ignorant, right? They have no knowledge. They're just idiots doing dumb stuff out of blind faith. But according to the Bible, that is not blind faith. Because blind faith actually for the Christian is based on evidence. But it's not the same evidence that the world calls evidence that you can put in a test tube and test it and look at it and hold it in your hand, right? Our evidence comes from the word of God itself. And that's, that's all the evidence we need is the word of God itself because we know that God is not a liar. We know that God is not one who says one thing and does another thing. No, what God says, he would also do. So when God says go left, we believe I'm going left. I may not know why I'm going left. I may not have all the details, but all I know is that God said it and I'm going to do it. And it's not just based upon just, just that alone, though. It's not just based upon, okay, well, God said it, I'm going to do it, you know, even though I don't know. It's based also upon the fact that God is our father. So when he says, hey, go left, it's not just because God wants us to go left because we're going to end up going right. You know what I mean? No, it's not that. It's not that at all. But it's the fact of knowing, just like Abraham did, it's the fact of knowing, hey, I'm going to a place because God said go this way. I may not know where I'm going, but I know my God. And I know he's a good God. And I know he's a God who does everything with plan and precision. He just doesn't do it for nothing. And that includes bad times as well as good times. We may be going through things that may seem awful to us. We may be just like Sarah was who was going through a thing, obviously, 90 years without giving her her husband a child. In those times, that was like a shameful thing. It was like, I cannot bring an offspring to my husband. But mind you, that 90 years, God knew what he was doing. He was teaching her, allowing her to grow, to trust in God, to rely upon God, to receive sustenance from God. All the way to the end, and God blessed her with that child. And in her old age, she gave birth to a son. And through that son became many nations. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah to Jesus? Amen. So we can pray real fast. We're about to jump right into this second part. I'm excited about it. I pray that God opens up your heart and uh, for you to receive exactly what God wants us to receive. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for who you are, God. You're not a man that you shall lie, God. You're not like the, the, uh, a human, Lord God, who has to repent, God. No, God. You're perfect. You're pure, God. 
You're all loving, God. You know how to give good gifts to your children, God. You know how to plan and precision, God. You, God, you are precise in all that you do, God. You don't just do things for nothing, God. You do it all for a reason, to glorify your name. And, Lord God, even your discipline is done for a reason, God, so that we can partake in your holiness, God. Everything is done for a purpose. I pray that tonight, Father God Almighty, you will guide us, lead us, Lord God Almighty, through this word, God, that you will speak to us, Father God Almighty, and allow us to receive exactly what you would have us to receive in regards to blind faith and having the faith that pleases you, God. Lord, have your way, God. Remove mountains today, God. Remove barriers, God. Remove, Lord God, the hindrances, Lord God, that come against us. Thoughts that will distract us, Lord God. Give us a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit that would honor you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen and amen. Praise God, man. So I want us to go to Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 13. And we're going to go now. We're going to be... Um, we're not wrapping this up. I mean, we're going to have a, it's going to be a long series. We've got a lot of men of God to talk about. But obviously, as you guys see the series, Heroes of the Faith, for those of you just joining us today, wondering what is going on, right? And what's going on in this series that we're talking about faith, we want to grow in our faith. Faith is the substance. It's the very thing that holds us up in this world in God. It is about faith. Without faith, we cannot please God. Without faith, matter of fact, we can't even go to heaven. Without faith, we're not even saved. Somebody can, can somebody, just knowing that, can somebody know, right, that faith is important, right? Can somebody say faith is important, right? If we can't even get in heaven without faith, let alone saved without faith, faith has got to be important. And that's why we're talking about faith in this season, especially everything going on in the world. You know, people killing each other, civilians killing cops, cops killing civilians, whole bunch of craziness going on. But here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, the word of God says this. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 17 says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. That is the word that we're going to be talking about today. Right now, going back into it, there's two things that I want to talk about tonight in regards to blind faith and the faith that is lasting, a genuine and lasting faith that pleases God. And I'll tell you off the bat what these two things are. And one is a made-up mind, and the second one is sacrifice. And I want to go back up now when it talks about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, that it says all these people were still living by faith when they died, meaning they started with faith and they ended with faith. But the part that what, what, what the writer of Hebrews is talking about is that they died without receiving the tangible promises of God Almighty. 
That's like me telling my children, hey, I'm going to, you know, you're going to get this. You're going to get an inheritance. You're going to get this house, things like that, right? I promise you these things. I got you on these things. And they've seen it with faith, right? And they're going after these things. But yet they, they never received them physically. They died in faith, receiving God. Or just drawing off God, seeing God and his promises from a distance, but never really actually receiving them in their hands to touch them. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. You see, that takes a made-up mind to do such a thing. It takes a made-up mind to say, man, no matter what, I'm going to trust God. All the way to the point of my death, I'm going to trust God. See, in a lot of us, we don't have made-up minds, but we claim to have faith. But when you think about the two, see, faith doesn't draw of what you can do or what you can see. As we talked about last week, faith draws upon what God is going to do, what God can do, and what God will do. The difference with that is that it no longer draws off our timetable now. It draws off the timetable of God Almighty. So without a made-up mind, what happens is that you begin to start looking at your own times table, right? You start peeking, as we talked about last week, from the blind faith of the, the handkerchief that we have over our eyes, as you've seen in the picture in the beginning. We start peeking at things, and we start looking at things on our own, and we try to take things in our own matter, have things draw off our own timetable. And because God is not doing it in our time, we give up. And we say, well, God, I, I tried this praying thing. I tried going to church. I tried, you know, doing discipleship. None of it worked. And the reason why it didn't work nine times out of ten, right, is because you drew off your own timetable. Well, I want what I want, and I want it now. And we live in that microwavable world to this day. This is the generation in which we live in. This is how the enemy starts attacking our youth and even our leaders and even our adults. It's because when we want those Jordans, we want them now. Yeah, but I'll get it for you for Christmas. Man, come on, man. That's like five, six months away. I got time for Christmas. I want those J's now. By Christmas, I'm going to want another pair of J's. The new ones that came out in that month, right? And we start wanting things now. And when we don't get things now in this microwavable world, we start to complain. We start to bigger. Man, I couldn't get that video game. Man, I couldn't get this. Man, I couldn't get that. I work at a high school, right, the alternative high school. When these students get even a whiff that they have to stay longer than what they anticipated, they end up leaving the school. They drop out. Their grades start going down. They start having behaviors that was not becoming of them because things are now not working off their own timetable, just like it happens with us. So we need a made-up mind. When it came down to these people, and I believe they're talking about not just Noah, not just um, Abraham, not just uh, Enoch or Abel. I believe they're talking about all the heroes of faith within chapter 11. All these people. They all had a vision of the promise of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, a heavenly kingdom, and they pursued it. They started seeking it. They didn't see it with the natural eye. They saw it with eyes of faith, and they ran toward that direction. But I come to tell you, they all died without receiving the tangible promise in their hand. But yet they still came forward and they still did it. And while they were dead, God answered their prayer. He was still answering their prayer even while they were dead. Just like when some of our grandparents that prayed for us are now dead and with Jesus Christ. And God still answered the promise in which they gave them and say, hey, your son, your daughter is going to be saved. Hey, your grandson, your granddaughter is going to be saved because I said so. And they kept the faith. They seen it from a distance, and yet they died and went to heaven. They never seen their grandchild saved. But then after that, God still kept the promise, 
And now you sit here today saved. I'm a product of that prayer. I'm a product of that kind of prayer. My grandmother prayed for me. She's with Jesus right now. She's with Jesus. She came and prophesied while I was in prison and said that in the end you're going to be delivered. God fulfilled that promise because she seen me walk out of that jail with my hands raised high to Jesus and giving him glory. The promise was fulfilled. And she's seen it with eyes of faith. She even told me about it and stood on it. And then time passed and she passed away. I wish she couldn't see me right here preaching the word of God. But I know she sees me from heaven. And I know she's giving God glory. Amen. So God is a promise keeper. He is not a promise breaker. He does what he has to do. But us, we are the issue because we don't have a made up mind. So the Bible goes on and it says, and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Why is that an issue? Well, I would say an issue for us. It wasn't an issue for them. They said there were strangers and aliens. Did they become like E.T. and like, I'm going up? No. Did they consider themselves something that they weren't like extraterrestrial? They weren't. That was not the case. They were still human beings just like you and I. They didn't have special powers. It wasn't some Harry Potter sequel. It was none of that. They were Jesus freaks who had a made-up mind, and because they had a made-up mind, they focused on the things of God and not the things of this earth. I'm going to tell you what the problem here is, is that a lot of us inside this room, because we look at ourselves in instant gratification, because we want things now, we're so wrapped up in the world that we can't do nothing for God because so we're so wrapped up in the here and now. See, they considered themselves strangers and aliens because they looked at something that was beyond them. They looked at heaven and said, that is my home right there. I am just a, a stranger right here just passing through. And see, that's very important. We need to receive this understanding of it because a lot of us in this room think that we're never going to die. So we don't think about eternity. We don't think about, man, look, I may die tonight. I may die tomorrow. I may die before my 21st birthday. But the devil comes and he starts planting seeds in your head so that you don't think about death. Because if you start thinking about de death, then you will start thinking about eternity and where you're going. See, for myself, right, I sit here, I don't think about these things of the world. I kid you not. I, I even tell my children, hey, look, you can either follow God or not. You can go to hell or go to heaven. But I tell you where I'm going. I am going to heaven. You can choose to follow the devil if you want to. You'll just be going that way, and I'll be waving at you going this way. I, do, am I right or wrong, children? It's my children right here. Give it up for children. I love them. They're awesome. Jesus freaks. I pray they choose life. If not, I'm kicking them out of the house. That's just what it is. 18 years old, get out. That's it. No, but the thing is, they know. I tell them this. Because the thing is, I have an aim. I have a mission. I am going with Jesus with you or without you. I will tell you the truth. I will do my part as a parent and preach the gospel here at home, anywhere I'm at, to my children, whatever the case may be. But you can choose in the end life or death. I encourage you to choose life. But if you don't, I'm still going this way. I'm not going to hell with you. That's, that's just the truth. I'm not going there with you. I'm going to heaven. So with me, people will look and recognize an individual who is a stranger and an alien in this world when they start looking at him and they see, why, did this, why doesn't this dude go to the club? Why isn't this dude cheating? Like, why isn't this dude indulging in the things of the world? Like, why is he not smoking blunts like everybody else doing? Why isn't he or she having sex just like everybody else is? I'll tell you why. Because that stuff does not gratify me. See, when you're not a stranger or an alien in this world, the world then has the opportunity to put their hooks in you and pull you in closer to itself to the point where a career becomes more important than God Almighty. 
Soccer becomes your God. Baseball and watching basketball on TV and LeBron James becomes your Messiah. See, that's what happens when you're stuck inside the world. But God is saying you need to have a made-up mind to recognize the fact that, hey, I'm coming. I have promises, and I'm coming back. And I'm coming back for a ready church, not for a people that's playing games and just teeter-totting the world. And then, God Almighty, I'm going to serve God Friday, but I'm going to be a sinner on Saturday. No. God is coming back for a ready church. He's coming back for a mind that is made up in faith in Jesus Christ. Is your mind made up? And see, the thing what happens here when it comes down to a made-up mind is that the devil then comes against a made-up mind in two ways. And this is not an exhaustive uh, uh, list here, but the one, the first one is instant gratification. We talked about that. We want it now. We don't want it later. We want it right now. And because we want it right now, our mind becomes a double mind. It becomes, hey, I love God, but hey, I, I want this now. I want pleasure now. I want a girlfriend now. I want to show love to somebody else right now. I want to do these things now. I want money now. And you would do everything you can in your own power to get that without realizing that as you're doing that, you're leaving God on that side. And you may say, oh, well, God will never leave me or forsake me. Yeah, he would never leave you or forsake you, but he will not go with you if you're choosing to leave yourself. He is not going to say, hey, well, hey, I see how you want to go baseball. You want to okay, that's cool, but... That's not for me. My will is this way. My path for your life is this way. This is where I'm going. But if you choose to do your own thing, you're choosing now to walk away. And see, that's the difference. God is not coming to do your will. He came to do his will and expecting you to do his will with him, not your own will. So we keep on reading, and it says, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own, meaning a country or a place where God has created it and not man's hands. They were looking to heaven, a greater thing than here on earth. This is not your eternal home. This is not our eternal home. Contrary to popular belief, we will die one day. Some of us, may, it could be today, it could be tomorrow, whenever. But we are only existing just to die. You guys need to understand it. We need to understand it. We are only existing just to die. And so if we're only existing just to die, recognize that it is not eternity that we will have on this earth. It is eternity either going to be in heaven or hell based on our faith in Jesus Christ or our lack of faith in Jesus Christ. Or I should say no faith in Jesus Christ. But this is not our home. Therefore, we're strangers and aliens in this world whether you believe it or not. Because we're not staying here. And you're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. The choice is on you. But it's the truth. It's the word of God. When we move on, it says, if, if, they, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have opportunity to return. What is he saying right here? The next one after instant gratification is old life. I would call it being homesick, or the Amplified Bible calls it being homesick. I would call it being flesh sick. See, they had every opportunity to look back and say, man, like Abraham did, right? He left his, his dad, his family, and he went off on a journey with Jesus or with God, right? Jesus still around, right? He left on a journey with him. He didn't look back. He didn't see all the cattle, all his aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, cousins, and all the property had. No, he said, I'm going this way. But the Bible says he had opportunity to look back and be like, man, I can go back that way. I'm just going to go back this way. God, you're taking too long. 
right? What you're trying to do in my life is taking too long. I'm going to go back and enjoy the things that I once enjoyed in the flesh. And see, what happens is that we become flesh sick. We start looking back into the flesh and things around us like, man, I'm waiting on God. I want to be a preacher. I want to be a leader. I want to do all these things for God. But God, you're just taking too long. And see, what happens is that you start looking back at the old life and you become flesh sick. You start thinking about, man, I used to have sex, whether with somebody or with yourself. And you start getting homesick. And you're like, oh, you're looking around. All of a sudden, you see a girl on this. So like, man, girl, you're looking good. And like, God, you look so far away. But you're right here right now. I think I'm going to try this out. And we start getting flesh sick. And we start indulging in our flesh all to be deceived and start going back into our old life. And it all comes down to those things of a mind being made up. See, if your mind is not made up, instant gratification will grab a hold of you like a great white shark and pull you under the water. If that doesn't do it, then your old life or you're being flesh sick, always wanted to go back and sin, always wanted to see how does it taste again. I miss the taste of sin. I miss the taste of how that gratified this body. And you start wanting to go back because you don't have a made up mind to get you to the end. And we give up. See, behind blind faith, you have to have a made-up mind because you're not looking at things with a natural eye anymore. Anymore, You're looking at things based upon what the Bible says, based upon God saying, be holy for I am holy. See, blind faith is like, man, well, I'm, God, I'm going to be with you. I'm, I'm going to be holy as you're holy. And you have blind faith on. But see, the moment you start getting homesick, the moment you allow instant gratification, the, the I want it now spirit hits you, you start peeking at things now like, is there things still around me? Right? Is the old life still there? Yes, it is. Right? Are there, there needs in this flesh? Yes, they are. There's all these things that are still there. And the moment you try to take a look at them, what happens is that it goes on to the next thing in which we're going to be talking about here. And it, it talks about the sacrifice or the lack thereof. And see, I want to go on now. It said, verse 16, it says, instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. See, is there anybody in this place longing for a better country? Longing for the place where God is at? Or are we just content with this temporary life that only goes for about this long while eternity is this long? Because that's what it is. When we start looking back and we get homesick or we get flesh sick, we start thinking about the temporary and we make the temporary as though it's eternal and we make the eternal as though it's temporary. Some of us even adopt the excuse to say, well, I'm going to be dead anyway, so what difference does it make? Oh, it's going to make a lot of difference, right? Have you ever died, right? So you don't know what you're talking about, but the Bible does. And the Bible says and describes hell as being really, really hot. A place, right, where it does not, it does not, it's not quenched. Your body does not die. You burn for eternity. Or you're in heaven for eternity. And the Bible talks a lot about heaven. An awesome place where every pain will be removed. Every tear from your eye will be wiped away. Everything will be made new. Praise God. That is the heavenly home I'm looking forward to. That is the direction I'm going to. Is there anybody that want to come with? Because it's there in Jesus Christ. So therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, for me. But is he ashamed to be called your God based upon your faith or the lack thereof, based upon how you continue to be homesick or flesh sick and go right back into the world? 
because you don't want to be stretched, because you don't want to believe in God with blind faith and just trust in his word. You always want to have control. And see it moving on. Let's see what happened to Abraham as we go back to Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, somebody say tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had promised, the pro- he who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is to Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. And you can find this story at Genesis 22, 1 through 10. And it's real simple. Genesis chapter 21, Isaac is born into the world. Boop. Here comes Isaac, promised child. He's on the scene, right? They raising him up. I can see Abraham playing with him. He's old in the month. She's like, oh, my hip. He's running around like, man, boy, slow down, slow down, right? He's so old, right? But Isaac is so active. He's just doing his thing, running around, right? Sometimes he acts like Corey, so he's jumping over walls. Like, dude, I can't do that. You know what I mean? Or something act like Nathan is like, dude, I can't play ball like that, but I can watch you. And, and Abraham is just watching him like, he, like God watches uh, Corey or God watches Nathan or Aviana. And God is just watching like, oh, man, I love my children. You know, I love them. I love them. But then after that, God comes on the scene. Genesis chapter 22. And he speaks to Abraham. And he says, Abraham. Go now and take Isaac and sacrifice him. This is the only time in the Bible that God ever tells somebody else to go kill their child, to go sacrifice their own child. It's the only time. And see, the thing is, it was not a thing, and I'll get to that a quick story about it, is that it wasn't the fact of him actually killing Isaac literally, even though he was ready, as you guys read the story, to kill Isaac like literally. He was going to stab this little boy up, right? But thank God he stopped him, right? So the thing is, what was going on then? And I'll tell you what was going on. It was sacrifice. See, a lot of us cannot go on with God in the walk of faith, of blind faith, trusting in God, going on a journey because we're not willing to sacrifice the very thing that is dear to us, that continues to hinder us from going to God fully. For some of us, that may be pure sin. For some of us, for other people, it may be a girlfriend, it may be a boyfriend, it may be just something that always gets in the way of God. It may be an addiction, it may be video games. There was a time where I would play the Xbox for eight hours straight, ask my wife. Straight up game, I was killing everybody. Teammates, play other players, it was just crazy. I'm just shooting everybody, eight hours straight, like it was a job or something, right? And I was so hooked on this thing that God himself had to come and convict me and say, you have put this Xbox as your God. And I had to, like, get, like, put this thing aside, like, no, it's not. I put it aside, and I saw God had to repent to God. But it became my God. And for some of us, we're not willing to sacrifice that which is very close to us because we don't trust God. And we think, man, no, I'm going to hold on to this girl because she loves me. I'm going to hold on to this dude because he loves me, right? And there's nobody else in the world. And because of that, God can fully bless you because you put a wall between him and or her, and God. And he said, God, I love you. I love you on Sunday. I love you on Friday, and even sometimes during the week. But I don't love you this much. See, this you can't touch. This, your heart, you cannot have. You see, and for some of us, we'll give God our minds, right? A little bit of our mind. We'll even give God some of our time. We'll even give God some of our wallet, right? 
We'll even give God some of our service, but our heart, the very dear thing to us, our heart, because Isaac was the heart of Abraham. He loved him. It took 50 miles for Abraham to get from that place to the point to the to the mountain where God wanted to sacrifice Isaac. Do you not think that Abraham was thinking about his son? He was because I would be thinking about my son. Like, dude, and he, my son looking at me like somebody put the meme up. Like, you know, when, when I, you guys seen it, Isaac realized that he's a sacrifice. He's like, it looks so crazy, but I could imagine. You know, I'm walking and my son looking at me like, you know, and you guys read the story. Isaac asked, like, like, Dad, you know, here's the wood. Here's the fire. Where's the sacrifice? Literally, it says it in the Bible. And he's looking at his dad. Probably I could have just imagined Jojo looking at me like, dude, like, this ain't feeling good anymore. Like, Dude, we're doing more than just offering, you know, sacrificing to God. Like, something strange is happening now. Because you guys think about this. He was his son, his only son at an old age. He couldn't have no more. Well, God would bless him with another one, right? But you know what he tell? He brought three servants with him. You know what he told these th three servants? He left them at the point, And he said, hey, where's, where's the sacrifice? Uh, Isaac asked, him, asked his father, where's the sacrifice? He said, son, God will provide. He didn't even know if God was going to provide. All he knew, he had to take this kid out. His own son, assassinate him right there. Bam, kill him, gone, right? And the thing is, in faith, he's seen with blind faith, and he said, God will provide, son. And he was, he was assuming that all the way down to about to kill Isaac and stab him probably in his heart. You know me, go on some crazy stuff, right? And right when he was going to do it, God, the, the angel of God stopped him. Abraham, no, don't do it. And he said, look behind you, there's a ram in the bush. Sacrifice that. And he said, all I wanted to do was to see if you'll be willing to give me your heart. If you'll be willing to go all the way with me. You see, because there was times where Abraham made mistakes, like we talked about last week, where he gave up his wife as, as his sister to the Pharaoh, to King Pharaoh. And said, well, that's my sister. Yeah, she's hot. You can have her. Because he was scared and he stopped trusting in God. There was other times or whatever in the midst of the promise where God said, I'm going to bless you with a son, right, through, through Sarah. He, he started lacking in faith. And what happened was that his, uh, Sarah started lacking too. Sarah gives Abraham her, her maidservant. He has sex with her servant, ends up having a son through her named Ishmael. He failed the test. And he had a child who was not a promised child. And to this day, that child became the children of, of, of the Muslim. They became the Muslim nation. Think about that. Sin that's hindering us even now. People that are cutting off the people of God's head right now because he failed to believe in God. See, but God didn't just give up on him. Just like God doesn't give up on us. He loves us. And so the Bible said he tested him. It said when he tested Abraham. Faith, uh, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him. See, that testing was talking about God working on his faith, building him up, testing him, refining him, taking him through the fire. And see, that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to go through the fire to be tested. But what happens is that when the going is tough, that's exactly what happens. We get going. And we don't allow God to test us. We don't allow God to refine us. And so we run away and we end up having Ishmael's all over the world. Sin everywhere because we can't trust God. We end up having sex with this girl, this girl, this girl, this dude, this dude, this dude, and we're all just lost in the world in sin. So what is God saying in this? 
sacrifice. God wants our heart, not just our lips, not just our hands, our service. He wants our heart. And it says anything that comes before God, Isaac, right, was one of them. In his heart, he had to sacrifice the promise while obeying the one who gives and performs the promise. Isaac was a promised child. God has given us blessings, many blessings, promises, even that, promises. And what happens, just like it talks about in Romans, is that we start worshiping the blessing rather than the blesser. And we put those things before God. And God is like, no. In order to have blind faith, you need to have a made-up mind. And two, you need to be willing to sacrifice those things that come before me in pure obedience. That is what God is asking. And the second one of sacrifice is control. Having faith and trust in the Lord to have total control, even though we may not have it. And then look what happened with Ishmael. See, God was testing Abraham in his ability to give up control. The first time, Abraham failed that test because he wanted to take control of his own life and his own destiny, his, the, even the promises of God. He tried to take control of them because he removed the blindfold foam and he said, well, this doesn't look like God can handle this. Hey, let me step in. Let me help God. And he probably had a good time doing it, right? He was having sex with his maidservant and all of a sudden, bam, a pop out a child. He thought that was a promised child. No, it wasn't. And so God was testing him on his ability to trust God with full control and not your own. There are people in this room, if we can all stand real fast. There's people in this room right now who have control issues. And right when the going gets tough, you take off the blindfold because you feel the heat too much on your body. Spiritually speaking, right, God is refining you and you take it off. And you start looking around and say, oh, man, this looking pretty bad. I don't think God can carry this out. I think God needs a little bit of help, as though God can, needs your help out of all people, right? I think God needs my help. Hey, baby, come here. Give me your maidservant, right? And she gives it to him. He, bam, he has a Hagar. And see, what happens is that God then tested him again. Mind you, Abraham was being molded and tested and going through these things, right? Learning to be the father of faith and what it took to be the father of faith. Blind faith, trusting solely in God and giving him all control of his life. That now this time, if I can get um, uh, Stephanie up here, this time God visited him and he said, Abraham, take Isaac, take him to this mountain and sacrifice him. And without hesitation, Abraham, learning from his mistakes, learning to trust in, in God fully with all control, got up in the morning, gathered his stuff, put it on top of Isaac's back. I can see Isaac holding the wood on his back, going over, holding the fire, right, without even realizing that he was actually the sacrifice, going over there, and Abraham trusting God fully to the point he says, Isaac's son, God will provide the sacrifice. And he knew he learned that, you know what, I got to trust God with all control. I can't try to add my two cents. I can't try to help God out, put my hand in the cookie jar, always getting caught up, always removing, you know, the, the, uh, the, the blindfold of faith. And the moment you see that, you end up falling. The moment you, you remove blind faith and you not draw off God's word, you start drawing off your own word. You start drawing off the word from the world or the word from the enemy himself, and you think you got full control when you don't. And God is saying, I have control. 
So what does Abraham do? He said Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did raise Isaac back from the death. He trusted in God and said, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm going to sacrifice my son, and I believe you have all the other details taken care of. That is blind faith. He didn't know that was going to happen. He didn't know there was a ram in the bush. All he knew was that God said it, and I must do it. And if God said this is the promised child, then God would work out the promise afterwards. He trusted God fully, will we? Will we trust God that way? See, our generation is dying off. Our youth are dying off. Like I tell you guys plenty of times, on Monday, look at Chicago Breaking News website and watch how many teenagers died this weekend. It happens every weekend. Go Monday and watch how many people, how many youth died this weekend. And pray for the families. Because these are people walking around, assuming they have control over their own lives without realizing they have no control. And death was around the corner, just like that. See, but what about us now? What about the application for us? Do we want a made-up mind that no matter what happens, God, no matter what I see, no matter what about the, in the instant gratification the devil will tempt me with, no matter about the old life and the flesh, no matter all those things, God, my mind is made up that until the end, until you come back to get me or I die, God, I'm going and I'm trusting with you. I'm trusting you. I'm having faith in you. Will you have a made-up mind tonight? And the second one, will you be able to sacrifice? You know that thing. God already told you about that thing. Can you guys put on some music then or something in the background, something slow, something decent, I don't know, something. But think about it. You guys already know it in your head. Man, I've been putting this thing before God. God calls me to pray on my own with him, and instead of praying, I go over here and watch pornography. God calls me to do X, Y, and Z, and instead of chilling with God, having Bible study, I'm up all night on my computer looking on Facebook, checking out all the fine guys. Or the fine girls. Seeing who got swag and who doesn't. And the whole time God is like, will you spend time with me, son or daughter? Will you come hang with me? God saying, man, I have a vision. I have a purpose for your life. Will you trust in him? Even when it looks like that purpose and that vision is taking too long. Will you still trust in him? This is the question that God is asking. Will we have a made up mind? Will we sacrifice and give all to Jesus Christ? I got five questions to ask you guys real fast. Is your mind made up that no matter what happens or how long it takes, will you live by faith? Do you struggle with instant gratification, always needing things now no matter what the cost is? Do you struggle with that? And in turn, you turn away God's will and always go after the thing that makes you hyped up at that moment, the thing that brings you instant gratification, pleases the flesh, the way that blunt feels in your mouth, the way you smoke and it gets you high, the way that sex makes you feel, the way pornography makes you feel when you do self-pleasure. Are these things going before God? And will you sacrifice them on the altar today? Do you struggle with being flesh sick and always wanting or going back to the flesh? This today I'm going to live holy, but tomorrow I'm going to go on ahead and commit sin. And we're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Like we're playing hot potato with sin. Oh, I'm going to put it on the altar. Oh, God, throw it back. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to take it back from you. God, I'm, I'm going to practice this thing. And we do that. Do we struggle with being flesh sick? Let's sacrifice it on the altar. 
Is there anything you put before God that causes you to put God in the back burner and say, God, I'd rather do this than do you. I'd rather be about my own stuff than be about what you want me to be on. Do you struggle with that? Do you have control issues and need to allow God to have full control without you trying to take control back? This includes relationships, marriages, your own personal walk with God. It includes friendships. It includes your dreams and your destiny. It includes it all. Will you trust God with everything and give him control of it all? You see, one thing Abraham did, he knew. He knew what God was telling him. And that very thing that stood in the middle between him and God, he put it on the altar and he killed it. You see, because in his heart, he took out Isaac, man. He showed God, God, you know what? Nobody's coming before you, not even my children. I would rather sacrifice Isaac and trust you with the rest. But God, you're first. You're first. You see, and tonight, man, if we can make this, just, just think about this. This thing is the altar. And there's fire. This thing is blazing up right now. Fire in Jesus' name. And all the things you struggle with, all those things that you know you need to burn up and give it to God, will you come right now and throw it in the fire as we get on our knees and give it to God? You see, I'll be the first one just as always, man. And I don't have no shame. You know what I struggle with? At times, I have control issues. This week was such a control issue, man. I wanted to quit my job every single day. I'll be honest with you. My boss, I don't know if he's still here. doesn't matter. It's what it is. I wanted to quit my job every single day. And I wanted to take control back. And I was like, God, I can't trust you. And I don't like the way they're treating me. I don't like I got to be doing all this craziness, God. And, and this, this, to me, it's nonsense, all these other things. And I'm like, God, I'm going to quit. That's it. I'm done. I don't care what you're talking about. I'm going to do it myself. And I was tempted with taking control. And you know what happened? I started to lose my mind. I had no peace. I had no joy. I had none of that, man. And this week, I was walking around just dealing with these things. You my wife, my children. I was just dealing with these things. And see, but I know that's standing between me and God. And it's like, Lord, whatever you would have me to do, if you want me to this job and stay this job, God, you will be done. If you want to stretch me so that my character can grow in you by this, then, Lord, let your will be done. Let my flesh be sacrificed on your altar so I can grow to get to know you more. And see, right here is the fire. Right here. We will burn it up and say, God, I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of putting these things in for you. God, I'm tired of not having a made-up mind, always wishy-washy. Oh, I'm going to do this or I'm not going to do this. God, I'm tired of it. My mind is made up. Your will be done. And you sacrifice your will in this fire. You sacrifice your flesh and you say, God, you can have it, God. All these pleasures, all these desires, pornography, sexual immorality, this girl, this guy, whatever it is, God, I sacrifice it on the altar, God, so that I can choose you first, God. Will we do that tonight? Will we do that? I would say, come. Whoever you are, leader, intern, whatever you're calling yourself today. I would say, come, come and sacrifice and say, God, come back into my life and take full control, God, because God would either have it all or nothing at all. He's not, he's not, he's not content with just having your arm. 
your mind, your lips, your tongue. No, he wants your heart. He wants your everything. That is what he wants. Will we give that to God tonight? That is the question, man. And I would say come with all eyes bowed, or all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your word, God. We thank you for your truth, God. And I stand here convicted myself, God, of how I acted this week, Lord God, and even a little bit of last week, God, complaining and bickering and murmuring, God, because I didn't have control, God. When the whole time I never had control, God, it was all about you, God. It was all about you, God. I no longer live for myself, God. I live for you, God. And if in this season, God, you want to you crucify my flesh, you want to stretch me and build up my character, God, here I am. Use me, God. Use me, Lord. Have your way in my life, God. My mind is made up, God. I trust in you, God, from here and until you come back or you take me, God. God, I sacrifice it all right here at your altar, God. This flesh, Lord God, worldliness, Lord God, self-control or control, I would say, God, in order to trust you with my all, with my life, God. I sacrifice it all to you, God. Father, have your way, Lord. Touch every heart, every person in this place, God, in the name of Jesus. And whoever you are, if you feel that tugging on your heart, I would answer that and let God in and come over here and join me and just raise your hands and say, God, I surrender all to you, God. Whatever you want to do, no matter how long it takes, God, I believe you're faithful. I believe you're able to perform your promises in my life. I trust in you, God. Have your way, God. Have your way, Lord. And God, I pray, Lord God. That you would bring them forward, Lord God. That people would take a step of blind faith in you, Lord God. With the knowledge of knowing that you're faithful to your promises, have your way. God, we thank you. We praise you, Lord. That right now, these altars, they are open for us. They're open for all of us. Who would be willing to say, God, I trust fully in you in my life, God. Will you give it to God right now? Father, I thank you, Lord. God, I praise you. I bless you, God. I magnify you, God. I give you my life, God. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my hands and my feet, God. I give you my lips and my tongue, God. May I bring you glory with my life, God, and with this body in the name of Jesus, God. May I live for you all the days of my life, God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. And God, even if I'm the only one, God, Lord, may you have your way, God. May you have your way, God, in the name of Jesus. And may I walk by faith and not by sight, God. May I allow your will to have its way in my life and put my will to the side, God, so you can be glorified. Father, have your way. God, have your way, Lord. In the name of Jesus, have your way, God. And I thank you, Lord. I praise you, God. I bless you. Have your way in this place, God. With every person in this place, God, I pray that you would deal with the heart, God. That you would deal with the heart, God. 
and that, God, we would allow you to deal with our hearts, God. That you would put your finger on that very thing that stops us from going all the way and sacrificing all to you. That, Lord, you would deal with us, God, as you dealt with Abraham, God. And that, God, you would raise us up in faith, God, as you did with him, Lord. Have your way, God. Have your way, Jesus. I give you glory. I give you praise, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that we will step out in faith, God. And that we will give you our hearts even tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. And that, God, we will give you our minds. We will give you our lives, God, and that we will have a made-up mind. Lord, that no matter what happens, God, we will run after you, God. Lord, be exalted in our lives, God. Give us your mind. Give us your heart, God. Give us your eyes. Give us your feet. Give us your hands. Give us your mouth, God. Give us your ears, God, that we will live and do as you did, Jesus, that we would honor you, God, as you honored the Father, Lord, have your way. Let your will be done, God. And I thank you, Lord, that, God, you spared Isaac's life, God. You spared Abraham's son, God. But, Lord, you proved, God, that you were willing to go all the way, God. And you sent your son, Jesus, God. He carried the wood on his back just like Isaac carried the wood. He knew he was a sacrifice, God, and he didn't give up. He looked beyond in faith, God, and he took it with joy, God. Because he knew the outcome, God, that people were going to get saved and that lives were going to be transformed. I thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice, God. And that, Father, you sent your son, God, who carried the cross, who carried the wood on top of the mountain, God. And he offered himself. He allowed himself to be killed in order for us to live, God. That is the God we serve. You took our place, God, and we thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. And, Lord, you didn't stop there, God, but you raised from the dead, God. Giving us hope, giving us faith, God. No longer have to fear death because we know our eternity is in you, God. Have your way. Reign in this place, God. Be tangible, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, have your way, Lord. Touch every heart, every mind in this place in the name of Jesus. If I can get some leaders that are left over to put your hands on these individuals here, pray for them. Intercede for them. I need girls on this side. I need some guys over here. God, have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. 